How we doing guys? It is Matt Whitmore here from Fitter Food, obviously, with the one and only Keris Marsden. How you doing? I'm good, thanks. But guys, it is episode number 24. Yes, I know there was a massive, massive delay between episode 23 and 24. I will not bore you with the excuses, but we have been busy. Before we start, I just want to highlight that we are recording this in the most random of places. We are in the car park at the airport, Faro Airport in Portugal. Um, actually, we're, we're here to meet our good friends and part of the Fit Food team as well, Rob and Elisa. Rob is the guy who's the genius behind the Fitter Food podcast. He edits all these for us. And uh, Elisa is a member of the Fitter Food team also. Um, she's doing naturopathic nutrition. She's been working with us for some time now. And yeah, we're in the car park waiting for them to arrive to, to drive them back and, and have a good laugh over the weekend. But yeah, certainly one of the more random places we've record- recorded a podcast, wouldn't you say? It is. It's probably going to get very hot in this car. It's as already well. very hot, but <laughs> we'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. Um, so, guys, episode 24, we figured it would be fitting to talk about PCOS, polycystic ovarian syndrome. Um, we've been doing quite a lot on that at the moment. We actually done a live webinar on Monday. Um, did. We, what did I say? Done. We done. We did. My, my apologies. <laughs> People knew what I meant, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's, we've actually got um, an up-and-coming PCOS elimination plan as well. So, we're putting lots of stuff out there trying to help as many women as possible, um, regain control of their health and get on top of it. So we figured, why not do a podcast on it, right? Yeah, we've, absolutely. I mean, we've touched on PCOS in the past. Um, I think we discussed it when Anna was on. Yeah. Did we, we did, discuss yeah. it when Emma was here as well? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, I can't remember, but but we, we've gone into a little bit of detail on a few of the episodes, but on this episode, it's going to be dedicated to PCOS just because, uh, <laughs> <Very> <laughs> see what funny. I did there. <laughs> so, should we get into it? Yeah, I mean, just we'll, we'll, we'll cover hormones generally as part of talking about PCOS, but I suppose one of the reasons that we've ended up sort of uh, running a PCOS elimination plan is because um, I mentioned in the Fit Food book I actually had, was diagnosed with PCOS in my 20s, and I did, I've done quite a lot now to sort of address the issue. And... Um, I think also I get we get a lot of emails from women um, sort of mentioning that they are using fit food or primal or paleo nutrition to try and treat PCOS and, and just asking for a bit of help and the emails just seem to be increasing to be honest and also people on our plans and women that I see individually for coaching it just seems like everybody is is struggling with some sort of hormonal disorder well, women obviously I'm talking about here but some sort of hormonal disorder which doctors seem to sometimes I think use the umbrella term PCOS as a means of just sort of giving them a label and sending them away with you know something like a contraceptive pill or um, you know an idea of what it might be that they can you know sort of take some medication for or, or go and attempt some you know lifestyle interventions because the symptoms of PCOS are actually very different across individuals yeah we've been talking about this quite a lot um, because you weren't too familiar with PCOS so I was explaining it to you and I think you were under the impression that most women with PCOS would be overweight um, yeah yeah, yeah. No, I did think that yeah which is the case uh, predominantly but you also get women with a healthy body composition or actually underweight yeah so as with all hormonal conditions it affects everyone really differently so um, I suppose we should kick off by saying what PCOS is. So uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome is a common hormonal disorder and it actually has a, a, a definition that's been put together by a committee. Again, I'm not a big fan of, of definitions and symptom lists because 
I think sometimes they compartmentalise um, health issues. And again, people get carried away with labels and say, I have PCOS and it, it means this for me. Um, and as I've just said, it manifests quite differently in people. So yeah. the first thing I'd say is um, the main symptoms do appear to be that one of the defining factors is elevated testosterone in women. So that's, your, that's the, the male hormone. And that's why women tend to have male characteristics. So they'll get an increase in uh, facial hair and body hair. They'll also get balding patterns like men, so usually at the front um, of the forehead. Yeah. So like a similar to a receding hairline. Often acne and acne in hormonal areas like around the chin, uh, but also on the back and shoulders and chest. Uh, again, sort of very, very common for men, not so common for women. All, all things that uh, I'm sure no one's going to be too pleased about having, right? Well, that's the, the worst thing about PCOS. The symptoms are really sort of, um, they really impact upon self-esteem and confidence. Yeah. And so it's really strongly linked with depression and emotional issues. I can imagine having such a huge knock-on effect in that sense. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, one of the things that I'd spoken to you about was when I had it, my uh, main symptom was um, acne. That's what I visited the doctor for. And also my menstrual cycle disappeared. Mm-hmm. So um, another couple of symptoms would be menstrual um, cycle either completely... You had a full-on goatee as well when I was <laughs> you, didn't you? <laughs> you still pluck hairs out my chest now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, she so... did it. Just to clarify. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but yeah, menstrual cycle irregularities. So it could be that the cycle uh, you know, is, is sort of every few months or it completely disappears. Very painful um, menstrual cycles as well can be one of the symptoms. But as I mentioned, the high testosterone is, is the one where you'll, you'll get that PCOS diagnosis. Um, sometimes they'll look at other two other hormones. Uh, one is called luteinizing hormone and another is called follicle-stimulating hormone. And mm-hmm. follicle-stimulating hormone is involved in the uh, maturation of an egg in the, in the ovary. And luteinizing hormone is um, responsible for the release of the egg. And with PCOS, luteinizing hormone tends to go too high as a result of all these hormonal imbalances. And sometimes follicle stimulating is too low or or just normal, but um, it's out of balance with the uh, luteinizing hormone. Right. So um, what does surprise me these days is some women are being diagnosed without having a lot of these hormones tested. So it's purely on the basis of symptoms, which could be any number of things. It could be yeah. it could be gut-related, for example, when it's skin. Um, so would you say GPs are, are normally just quite quick to assume? Yeah, you don't want to um, question a GP's um, no, of course uh, not. decision on that. But I, I think, um, you know, because it looks very like it could be PCOS, mm-hmm. um, almost like they haven't got time for testing. And the solution is generally put them on the contraceptive pill. So why not just do that anyway? If they want to go on the pill, they don't want to have a family right now. Mm-hmm. It's a quick win to say, take the pill or go right. back on the pill. And uh, and women, because they are, uh, you know, struggling with these awful symptoms, will just sort of take the quickest solution. Um, and I absolutely did that when I was diagnosed. I was actually told to go on to um, Yasmin, which is a, it, it was sold to me like it was the Porsche of pills. They said to me, this pill is just amazing. It's just going to change it. It'll, it'll take away your symptoms, um, you know, lowest testosterone, those sorts of things. And it did. So my skin cleared within a couple of months. But what wow. I would say is those couple of months, I spent most mornings with my head down the loo because it used to nice. make me so sick. Uh, really chronic nausea. I used to go to the gym most mornings and I couldn't train. I'd just be in the toilets heaving. So pros and cons, yeah? Oh, God, absolutely. But at the same time, I believed that it was going to take, you know, help me with my acne, so I've continued with it. 
Um, and I remember trying to train, and it must be due to the suppression of testosterone, but trying to exercise, it was like my body was lead. Like I couldn't put one foot in front of the other. It was yeah. really, really difficult. So back to the other symptoms that they, uh, a doctor might do is refer you for an ultrasound and look at your, actually look at the appearance of the ovaries. And because the um, hormone which I mentioned that releases the egg isn't um, quite where it should be, we often get eggs um, not being released. So you are infertile um, yeah. temporarily. It's not a, a long-term thing necessarily. And the eggs themselves, rather than mature, will just sort of grow into cyst-like uh, structures around the ovaries. They form like it's called a ring of pearls. So it gives the appearance of having cysts around the ovaries and enlarged ovaries. And that's what they'll look for on an ultrasound and then maybe diagnose from there. So that's pretty much just a collection of some of the symptoms. I think I've pretty much covered them all. And I was just going to say, but in terms of uh, diagnosis and, you know, like you say, like we were maybe going on like to the pill, is there much in the way of nutrition and lifestyle advice, you know, uh, you know, when you would you might chat to your GP about it. Well, I'm sure this differs completely across, you know, GP to GP. Absolutely, um, in terms of who you get. Um, and what I would say is that most GPs will know now that one of the underlying mechanisms that's affecting this rise in testosterone is insulin, um, the hormone insulin. So we've got some blood the sugar, master hormone. the master hormone. Blood sugar dysregulation is affecting the um, a woman's level of testosterone. And often one of the solutions will be to prescribe a diabetic drug known as metformin. Yeah. Um, so GPs most likely will start to suggest something like a glycemic, a low GL or low GI diet, at hope at the very least. Yeah. And also exercise because they know the effect that has on insulin sensitivity. Mm -hmm. So I think most women are being given the instruction, if you're overweight, lose weight. Yeah. And do it through a, a glycemic index friendly diet and exercise I'd imagine it's sort of limited in terms of the level of detail a GP offers. He's got, he, she, has got 15 minutes with you. So I was offered none of that advice, um, but I wasn't actually um, overweight. So I think it was because body composition wasn't a goal right. um, for me. Uh, often what they will say is, do you want to pursue a, a fertility goal at this point in time? And if so, we'll refer you for fertility treatment. So something like Clomid, which is a... Uh, an ovulation drug which will mm -hmm. promote ovulation if not um, probably contraceptive pill will be the solution yeah um, or they may look at medications to treat the symptoms so um, ones which will basically suppress testosterone and, and hopefully resolve things like the acne the hair growth or the hair loss as it were and sometimes antibiotics for skin as well which sort of adds more issues really to a, a, a sort of growing pile because uh, one of the areas that you probably do need to treat with PCOS, in fact, almost 100% is the gut as well, because we get hormones recycled there. We get hormone conversions taking place there. Blood sugar is to a certain extent dictated by gut health. And obviously PCOS is an inflammatory disorder. So we want to go where most of the immune system is based, which is back to the gut. Yeah. So throwing antibiotics into the system is probably not going to help long term. In fact, most of the medications that doctors prescribe even metformin to a certain extent although it might help with blood sugar regulation and weight loss the side effects of metformin are you know it's quite distressing on the gut um, it depletes your b vitamins so i think most people are being told now they must take b vitamin supplements alongside metformin so again it's not really addressing the cause or the mm -hmm. hormonal underlying hormonal imbalance so so, I mean, we, we obviously spoke about this a lot on the webinar on Monday evening. What are your, essentially your, your main tips 
to kind of regain control of, of PCOS and potentially get rid of it? Um, well, my first is always go back to, we start with blood glucose regulation. So one thing... So um, getting your insulin in check. Yeah, basically. Right so right. using things like a glucose monitor, changing carbohydrate intake, changing the, the type of carbohydrates you eat, the timing that you eat them um, is really important. Uh, one of the big factors that I'm actually seeing um, with people that are coming to me or asking me questions about PCOS is they're pretty into exercise. And mm-hmm. I mean at a level of intensity that's... So weightlifting, CrossFit, boot camps, spinning, um, you know, all about high-intensity exercise, basically, which I don't know if it's... You know, they may have been informed to, or, or researched that exercise helps PCOS, so they've sort of taken it up a gear, or it could actually be that the intense exercise is causing hormonal... Um, dysregulation and actually contributing to the PCOS which many women won't realise and I'll give the example not because um, I know we we joke about this we're not against CrossFit in any way but there's a lot of CrossFit women I attended a lecture on PCOS by a functional medicine doctor who believed that women with PCOS or tendencies towards PCOS shouldn't engage in heavy weightlifting because certain um, exercises can increase um, levels of testosterone and obviously increasing muscle mass significantly mm-hmm. um, would increase testosterone. Now I've actually then tried to look at the science behind this and also asked a few other sports nutritionists um, who seemed to disagree with that notion and said no 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 women with PCOS must train um, but what I think might be happening is whether or not there are some studies that do suggest certain you know big compound full body movement Um, and I do see some women who look like they have more testosterone you know they are building more muscle mass than others yeah so I think there could be a mechanism there but more than that it's likely to be that the the stress of engaging in intense exercise Mm -hmm. is probably leading to insulin dysregulation which is in turn leading to testosterone issues and well the thing is I mean it's always going to be you know the the full package isn't it it's never going to be one thing over the other yeah but we always find generally that there is normally a knock-on effect, yeah. isn't there? Absolutely, you know, in, yeah. In some way or another. But the thing is as well, is like there's so many ways to train without absolutely annihilating yourself as well. Well, often um, a few women that have come to me who are part of CrossFit gyms and bloody love it. Like, you know, CrossFit is hugely addictive i think that the communities are amazing the social life's amazing and you don't want to take that away from someone because that that could be more stressful and cause more anxiety so all i've said is but i know that there's things like mobility workouts Uh, first of all decreasing the frequency so intensity could be twice a week rather than four or five times a week Mm -hmm. um it's certainly not twice a day and which is quite common with crossfit isn't it that people go back for the second yeah, I mean, I mean, it depends on the general structure, I'm sure. Yeah. It depends on the coach. But, you know, I know that there's, you know, if you've got yourself a, a good coach at a good box gym who do a lot, pay a lot of attention to technique, yeah. you know, on, on things like the Olympic lifts, the more compound lifts, you know, squats and deadlifts. So, you know, worst case scenario, if you if you did feel that, you know, if, if, you, if you was diagnosed with PCOS and you had to, you know, assess your training, yeah, it might be, you know, quite tough to take at first because you love it um, and we fully understand that. But I just think, you know, look at the bigger picture and maybe think, well, actually, you know, I can still I can still train, but I can actually maybe now use this time to, to dedicate it to, to improving my technique or maybe my weaker areas, getting better at certain movements and moving a little bit better. And then in the long term, you know, when insulin starts balancing, you feel less stressed, you, you've got on top of things a little bit better, then you can start picking things up again. But you'll be even better because your technique will be absolutely nailed. 
Do you know, that's exactly what I've advised um, some clients to do. I've said, can you book some technique sessions? Um, can you... Um, more recovery days, mobility workouts in there as well. But it's funny, it reminds me of when um, people probably don't know, but you used to be my trainer. And if you ever could see that I was tired or perhaps, you know, I'd had a hard day at work, you would try and get me doing technique work. And I was having none, none of, it. of it. And <laughs> if I felt like I'd wasted any part of that hour, I'd go and jump on a spin bike, wouldn't I? Or yeah. leap into a circuit class and go, no, I need the, I need the hit. You know, I need the endorphin rush. I can't, I couldn't bear the thought. Whereas now, <laughs> you'd struggle to get me to do the intense stuff. And I'd be geeky. Trying to, trying to drag you away from the techniques. Yeah, now. exactly. I'm geeky about the technique stuff because I know the benefit. I understand the benefit. And I'm so not in that same place now where it's all about intensity for me. It's just a skill set is more of a drive for me. So, yeah, I do try and switch the focus. But more than that, again, because you've got inflammation going on with PCOS, what most women need is firstly maybe just a training break um, mm-hmm. from that reliance in a way as well, that addiction that yeah. I need this, I need this to get through my day. So you need that break. Um, your body needs a break from the inflammation. You know, we've said that exercise is inflammatory to the body in a good way, yeah. but in measured doses. So perhaps having a break and just focusing on yoga and walking, all the stuff that's so unfashionable and not interesting and not exciting and doesn't go up on any boards <laughs> of achievement. <laughs> Could be relatively boring. Yeah, but will help to fix and restore you and, and focusing on sleep and nutrition. So as, as I mentioned, going back to nutrition, I do obviously favour a fitter food paleo primal. Obviously. Obviously, you know, diet to people because of the nutrients they need the nutrients but what i would say is i am quite cautious about the amount of protein that i recommend yeah. i often feel that women need to scale that down a little bit again some of the the research is suggesting when you've got growth in the body like we're getting cysts growing yeah. we don't want a, a high protein diet in terms of if we've got cortisol imbalance so stress hormones then we need some controlled carbohydrate intake to help yeah. reduce that a little bit as well again i'd be favoring root vegetables and sweet potato for you know low glycemic and lots of other added nutrients and what about um, dairy in this sense Ah, now dairy is one um again because we've got hormone dysregulation and um actually i only when i've been reading up i've seen the term uh testosterogenic which i've not actually heard before i've heard insulinogenic yeah but not testosterogenic but it is thought that because of the growth factors in dairy it would increase that um the levels of testosterone so uh, i mean it also has that you know, impact on insulin as well. So dairy-free, absolutely. But not going to things like soya, which hopefully people have gathered from previous podcasts, which is something that I did because when I was diagnosed, I did manage to... obsessed with drinking soya milk. I did manage to find... I had quite bad IBS from various antibiotics and other treatments given to me. So I was already sort of wheat-free, gluten-free and and dairy-free, but I was just caning things like soya yogurt, soya milks, which are really sugary if you look. Yeah. So I definitely still had insulin dysregulation at this time and I was using a lot of sweeteners. So I'd read take out the sugar, but I added in <laughs> aspartame. And again, when you first met me, you were horrified at me putting sweeteners in soya lattes all the time and yeah. things like that. And, um, you know, you know, aspartame sweetened cereal bars You've come and so far, I know, I know. Who so, before when we met, <laughs> you would be an at traffic nutritionist with your very own podcast. Recorded in a car in at Portugal the at the airport. So yeah, so dairy would go and to the point of probably butter as well and ghee because you would just want to take out all the those those proteins for now yeah. and then you would add them back in when you were trying to hopefully when 
more balance have been established and just see if they have an impact on you. So definitely. And also alcohol and caffeine have just got to go because alcohol is going to affect blood sugar and hormones mm-hmm. as well. We know that it's estrogenic in large amounts um, and really drops blood sugar. Yeah. Caffeine, same thing. We're going to get, um, it's going to affect insulin and cortisol. So, um, so in effect, working with someone with P- PCOS, essentially you're, you're going to kick things off with like a, an elimination diet, right? Yeah. Definitely. And what's quite helpful is normally they can get, uh, women can get a lot of t- hormones tested via NHS and perhaps referrals to endocrinology um, departments yeah. and hospitals. So it's quite good to benchmark progress. So get hormones tested, then implement some nutrition, exercise and lifestyle modifications and get hormones retested and see what's happening and what's working. Yeah. Uh, and usually it's quite easy, as I've said, because, um, you know, GPs will know that you've got these these health goals. Uh, What's really frightening about PCOS is long-term. It's associated with things like type 2 diabetes, so adult-onset diabetes, Mm -hmm. um, increased risk of cardiovascular disease because we've got inflammation going on, and also cancer, particularly hormonal cancers, so ovarian, breast cancer, endometriosis, uh, cancer, and also actually things like endometriosis may may also start to sort of be a long-term effect and other estrogenic or estrogen-dominant disorders. So it is something that you uh, have mentioned this before, that some women know that they have it and just sort of choose, because it's a bit of a lifestyle change, you know, oh, I've got to ditch the the booze and I'm not allowed the sugar anymore you know some women sort of do procrastinate a little bit and put it off but it really shouldn't be it can be it can lead to more serious long-term health implications so I think I mean again I mean I know you know this episode's you know dedicated to PCOS um but I think generally when it comes to fat loss health health goals etc etc that's always the case right you know people don't want to stop eating the things that they enjoy um, however, if you have got the Fit Food book, you will know full well that uh, eating healthy doesn't need to be boring. And it, in fact, it tastes pretty damn good, I would say. Yeah, but, absolutely. But, you know, you, you know, it takes time to get people into that mindset for sure. But, you know, don't want to leave it until it's too late to start making change. And that's something that I was certainly guilty of, uh, like with my health. You know, I, I waited until I was pretty much on my ass before I'd done anything about it. And it, it took me, it felt like eternity to, to get on top of that and get in control. So it does take time, no doubt. But the longer you leave it, the harder it's going to be when you finally do think, right, now's the time. I'm going to do this. I have to do this for, for my health for your family's health, you know, if you're thinking of conceiving, et cetera, et cetera. So don't wait until it's too late to make these changes. No, and actually, the more you do initially, the quicker the recovery process is. Mm. So if you're a little bit like, oh, well, I'll do these bits, but I'm just going to hold on to that, that sort of my morning biscuit and latte, because that won't make a big difference if I'm changing everything else. But actually, just, just the more you go in... Um, I mean, I am quite sort of, let's just go in all guns blazing. And then you can scale it back after four or five weeks. I mean, it can take up to six months to really um, rebalance hormones. It can take, it's like you said, it's long term, but you will see results really quickly the more dedicated you are. Well, to be fair, a lot of people normally see such good results, even in the first two weeks, that actually, you know, at least they've got the reassurance that actually, hold on, this, this works. Yeah. I'm feeling better, I'm sleeping better, I've got more energy, I feel more positive, more confident in myself, 
and you know, naturally it has a, it has a, a positive knock-on effect and makes you want to continue. Yeah. And someone from our six-week plan mentioned she'd seen um, massive improvements in her PCOS symptoms recently. So that's six weeks. Um, across the six weeks, we talk a lot about inflammation and the gut. And, and the first thing they all have to do on our six-week plan is balance insulin as well. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, the reason we sort of launched um, a PCOS plan was to go more in depth into this, the impact of stress, um, getting exercise right, which is a big one for women. Um, often again, this has been something that they've seen improvements with in the past. So they're very attached to exercise yeah. or some people may loathe it and just need to find a way to, you know, find something they enjoy. Like we've said, lifestyle, lifestyle modifications as well. In terms of some sort, some superfoods for, um, PCOS. Flaxseed has been well studied, again, because of its ability to help sort of cleave um, excess hormones out of the body. Yeah. So having some ground flaxseed in your morning smoothie on a, a salad is, is a really, really good shout. Spearmint tea has been shown to have like an anti-androgen effect as well. So a couple of spearmint teas can help with some of the symptoms. It's amazing when you think of herbal teas actually having an impact. We, we love green tea. We talk about that all yeah. the time, don't we? So green tea will be fantastic for PCOS sufferers because again it helps with insulin sensitivity it's an antioxidant so it's going to help reduce inflammation again with green tea one thing to emphasize is it does need to be a, ideally a loose leaf green tea mm -hmm. um, not just sort of a, a, a tetley or I shouldn't really mention brands but a piddly sort of um, you know small tea bag a, a good sort of strong loose leaf green tea organic preferably not necessarily or, or organic I mean some um, reputable brands like tea pigs I don't know that they are organic but they are a good that's a strong loose leaf green tea yeah. that I don't think we like, is we like tea pigs yeah tea pigs amazing and also when you have the green tea try and steep it for about 10 minutes so you are what? just again getting the benefits in there so put it in a teapot but 10, 10 minutes. minutes around five to ten minutes whatever you can whatever you have time for wouldn't it be like really bitter well, what i tend to do is i drink quite a lot of it as soon as i have it you know i like really hot drinks um but then i leave a little bit to steep for 15 20 minutes and then i neck that like a shot a little bit of shot Sounds so that's great. how i have my green tea it is nice so yeah and don't put boiling water on your tea bag because if it's boiling it can destroy a lot of the um the benefits of the tea because it's just too hot so let the uh, boil the water and actually maybe uh, my mum did uh, thought of this actually she puts cold water on the tea bag and then tops it up with boiling water there you go there you go uh what else other than green tea um anything really that's going to have that anti-inflammatory effect so obviously omega-3s will be really important yeah so getting lots of oily fish down you again we love oily fish it's a big part of all of our plans um having a fish week it's well we actually on the last plan it was quite awesome because uh, we had a woman on the plan who was dead against eating fish she was adamant she absolutely despised the stuff and she could never eat it and she actually uh, ended up with a few favorite fish recipes yeah which was yeah. awesome a few people have said that actually like when we make fish cakes and things like that i don't you know often you can't even tell that it's fish a lot of people tend to like the jerk salmon as well yeah because there's so much the flavor there yeah things yeah absolutely it's just always worth a shot and if you can't then you must do something like an omega-3 um fish oil supplement yeah so anything like uh, eskimo brain sharp or nordic naturals um would be great for that as well getting savvy with uh, herbs and spices herbs and spices definitely so cinnamon will be really helpful because again cinnamon helps to act very similar to what metformin is doing so improving the uptake of glucose by the body's cells yeah. rather than let it um you know sort of stay in the bloodstream and and, and encourage weight gain essentially so it's going to encourage insulin sensitivity so Again, half a teaspoon of cinnamon just across the day in dishes. Um, 
Fruit would be one that I would really limit in terms of fructose. So high fructose fruit, I mean, we don't advocate that anyway, but stick to more glucose-based fruits. So obviously berries because of antioxidants, kiwis, cantaloupe melon, which we've been enjoying here, haven't we, for breakfast? Yeah, that's been pretty epic. Nice and cold out the fridge. Yeah, now the weather is nice. I mean, again, because this is a long-term plan, you are going to want some pleasure foods. So a serving of fruit a day, maybe some very dark chocolate, if you can do like 85% dark chocolate, even darker, um, try not to make that an everyday thing, but every other couple of days, and they're not going to, you know, damage the work that you're doing um, elsewhere. So they would be my sort of choices as, as treat foods, as pleasure foods, um, as it were. And you could, if you're missing coffee, go for a Swiss water processed decaf coffee yeah. as well. So you haven't got to miss out, you know, on that as well. It's just about getting the basics right first. Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. As you say, get the in, get insulin check. Yeah. Make sure your training is structured and meets with your goals, your long-term goals. Yep, definitely. Removing the things that you shouldn't be having, i.e. anything processed, anything incident spiking, alcohol, etc. Yep. And uh, there are some herbs which have been shown to help. Again, some are helping to rebalance other hormones. So Agnes Castus is one which is um, quite frequently used to treat PCOS. And there are some formulas by... um, Companies like uh, Natural Health Practice, um, Herbs Hands Healings have the really nice Agnes Castus. Say again. Herbs Hands Healing. It's a herbal um, company. Say that three times. Herbs Hands Healings. Herbs Hands Healings. Herbs Hands Healings. <laughs> you pause quite a lot in between there. That's a good game. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they have a really nice um, Agnes Castus and Raspberry Leaf, which is going to have, again, hormone balancing. Um, and things like saw palmetto, um, don quai, all the ones that are generally used in like almost like menopause formulas as well, um, can be used to treat PCOS. I would work with a practitioner before launching yourself into using those supplements because yeah. dosages are really important. Um, and obviously getting the right quality is, is good as well. So, um, but again, I think, I mean, what's funny is when I was being trained at college, we were told by, not prescribed, but to recommend modified Atkins for PCOS. How would you which, describe modified Atkins? Well, well, if you think about it, I was just shocked that a naturopathic college even mentioned the word Atkins yeah. in that sense. But because it is a low carbohydrate initially, um, as you work on insulin sensitivity in the background, a sort of high fat model of eating, really. High fat, high protein, high-ish protein, as I've mentioned, not, not going too crazy with protein. So, um, yeah, that's the sort of... Um, um, nutrition that is generally recommended and so it is quite widely known what the goals are with PCOS it's blood sugar balance reduce weight if there is excess weight um, and get insulin in check to help with testosterone so so how would you differ things then aside from the obvious I mean you know I like to clarify that I ask these questions just for the sometimes for the sake of of the listeners yeah yeah um, of course you do um, <laughs> so it's a good cover-up so what would be a primary difference for you if you'd had two women with PCOS, one who was quite substantially overweight and one who didn't really have any weight to lose or maybe was marginally underweight, both had had PCOS for the same duration, um, what would be the primary difference in how you'd approach it? Um, I would say the one that is overweight, uh, we would be focusing on glucose monitoring and um, controlling carbohydrates Mm -hmm. uh, and insulin, uh, just seeing what um, insulin hormone health is like. The one that was either underweight or uh, slim, I'd be looking at thyroid hormone instead. So possibly there's been some sort of impact on thyroid hormone health. So carbohydrates would actually be really important in resolving that because carbohydrates help 
in terms of converting um, inactive thyroid hormone into active thyroid hormone. So we'd really want regular carbohydrate feedings in there. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll get them doing some glucose testing just to check that that's all 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 okay. Check, because yeah. yeah, again, there there can be people with a slim build who still have insulin dysregulation. I'd probably also do a lot of gut focus on both. Um, clients to be honest always do but maybe some more with the thyroid with the slimmer person possibly maybe the gut is where we've got some some inflammation going on and need mm-hmm. to resolve that as well so again i i do like testing oh god if, if if all clients could afford tests then it would be amazing you'd have so much data to work with but definitely with pcos because of the nature of um, hormones and how they work and how one can affect the other i'd definitely be trying to get um, decent hormonal profiles done. Would you would you do this from the off, or would you maybe get them started with the basics, make sure they can get everything in check there, and then maybe assess the, their progress, and and then maybe go for some tests. That's a really good question. I think I'm full of good questions. <laughs> um, it depends on a lot of women are already in in the middle of. Um, uh, you know, a stack of tests that they're confused about and totally unsure of because some are coming back healthy and they know they're not healthy. So one thing the doctors test is cortisol, but they just do one test uh, of that, one blood draw. Whereas, uh, you know, we test cortisol across 24 hours. Yeah. So what's the cortisol rhythm? It should be high in the morning and it should decrease throughout the day and yeah. then your sleep hormone kicks in at night. That's how it works. So your doctor's telling you your cortisol is okay. Well, that's, how, that's how it should work. Yeah, you mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it should work, sorry. Uh, your doctor's telling you cortisol is okay, and and some are testing it by blood, some are testing it by urine. So um, it would depend. So if a woman's already in that sort of, she's in that mindset of testing and results, um, and wants a bit more clarification and is already confused, um, then yeah, I might continue down that route and suggest more advanced tests yeah. that would help her. But I think um, if somebody is new to all of this information. I'd give all of that a shot first because we're probably going to get great results and she may not need to get ahead around this result, that result. So I think it would really depend, obviously, on the person. And also as well, sometimes tests, um, obviously whilst very important, can... Can actually be an added stress. Yeah, definitely. You know, if like yeah. if people have, you know, if someone's already been diagnosed with PCOS and you know they're overweight, they might have other symptoms like the facial hair, etc., etc. No doubt they already feel, you know, they're already quite lacking in confidence, maybe quite stressed about it all. The last thing they need is to be told X, Y, and Z are yeah. also wrong with them. Yeah, it's you know, it, it is. You're completely right. It's really scary. I remember being referred. I've done about three rounds of this with conventional medicine now, yeah. pretty much through twenties and thirties. Um, I remember going to... Be, oh, you were, you're all good now, right? Yeah, apart from my... I, I've been left with a bit of hypothalamic amenorrhea, which is cycle absence, but pretty much from all the top tests that the NHS did and private tests I had done, that's from a stress response point of view. That's mm-hmm. just me just... You know, I need to just go on holiday for a year. So I'll probably resolve that. There are no, no cysts on my ovaries anymore. That The ovaries look fine and I don't have any of the symptoms like acne and that's all cleared. So yeah, from, from that point of view, I, I don't have PCOS at this point in time. When I went back, I was diagnosed with, I think I've mentioned it before, hypogonadal hypertrophin syndrome or hypothalamic amenorrhea, whichever way you want to phrase it. But my brain is telling my body not to ovulate or, or it's not safe time for fertility and so suppressing it a little bit. 
But what is quite scary is you sit there in the room. I sat there with um, an endocrinologist, two nurses in training, a doctor, um, so and somebody else. I think there were like five people sat with me, all looking at my tests. And I was so scared that something was wrong you know like what is wrong waiting for them they're all looking at my test and I thought well five people in here you know training or whatever but it must be because there's something wrong yeah um and it really wasn't that the, the solution was um you know as I've said that that stress basically the stress I'm imposing on myself in a way is affecting my hormones what was really interesting was I actually um one of the tests I had to do um I was teaching a class um, probably about 10 miles away from the hospital teaching a spin class I taught the spin class and then I s- cycled to the hospital really fast and got there in my gym kit sweating and uh, and I said to them um, when we were talking about the diagnosis I said do I need to reduce exercise and like I was literally sweating like I can't even explain it and he was like no no it should be fine he never once really mentioned and when I look back I think god the stress of cycling to the hospital to get there on oh, time. Oh, cycling in London as it's, well. Yeah, but it was pretty obvious that I, I wasn't in the right place, do you know yeah. what I mean? And actually, I asked about, um, in there, one of the nurses said, do you want to test her testosterone? And he laughed and said, no need, which was really rude when I think about it. And I think what he was referring to was my muscle mass at the time. When I was a bit, yeah, I Tom was, Hardy tracks. Yeah, I was a bit big, yeah. I was doing a lot of bells and stuff then. So, But again, it, it's, it's not a nice thing to have people speculating you know about your your body in this way it can be it is really it's hard and you come away I often came away sort of feeling really low about the whole thing and not really understanding yeah. what was going on with my yeah, body naturally, so that's why I did a lot more research into it um and and sought help from you know good nutritionists like the lovely MMI Hill and and um and and researched it in terms of a functional medicine approach to PCOS and so Hopefully, what we can do is, is give women a much more objective approach and much more support, um, both, you know, in terms of information, but also emotionally as well. It's, it's quite important. I think it's just some reassurance, though, that there is there is a way out. Absolutely, yeah. You know, you don't need to be a prisoner to this. You know, you don't need to feel doomed. I mean, we've we've spoken with quite a few people recently over the phone and, and things like that who have been suffering with this for 10, 15, 20 years yeah, you know, absolutely. and being on this medication for all that time and still no better off, really. So, it, I mean, that's scary. And some women, I think what really drives them in the end to um, seek help is is the fertility goal. And, mm-hmm. and it shouldn't be like that. This is something that you, you know, should should address. As soon as possible. Yeah, yeah. And and as we've we've said that we we do really generally want to help people with this, so they don't have to go through ten years of of all this testing and medications. And 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 you know, I I said to you, I remember when I did have the acne, and you know, just getting up every day and and dreading looking in the mirror because I knew my skin would be worse. It got yeah. worse every single day. And to have that, you know, you don't want to go to work, you don't want to go out, you don't want to see friends. You feel really low. So. And it just got worse and worse and worse until I did something like go on the pill. Um, and now your skin's glowing. Yeah, yeah. You look gorgeous. And that's a lot to do with, um, as I said. You're still a bit stressed though, you need to try yeah. it. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a lot. I, I did a lot of work on my gut to help with my skin, and a big difference. But that is because it, then it does impact on hormones and inflammation. So, so guys, um, as well as listening to this, of course, uh, if you are interested in doing the plan, head on over to www.fitterlondon.co.uk and just head to our store section 
and there's plenty more information on the plan and what's involved and of course how you can sign up so you've just received a text from Elisa <laughs> so they're here. <laughs> they're here so we best wrap we up go. rather than leaving them stranded in uh, in the airport but we will will absolutely do um, a podcast very soon we've got an well, amazing one coming up we've got an awesome one coming yeah, up yeah I'm really with excited about the this amazing Claire Harding who has done a couple of our plans now and she is uh, what we like to call a super mum um, so we had a, a cracking chat with her on the phone uh, over Skype even, um, done an amazing podcast. That's already pre-recorded, so we know that's going to be coming out soon. You don't need to worry about that. But, guys, I um, hope you enjoyed the podcast. Um, check out our website, fitterlondon.com. Check out the store section uh, for some more information about the PCOS elimination plan, which is starting on the 11th of August. Due to the interactive nature of this plan, you know we're, we're taking on very, very uh, limited number of people. So if you want in... Uh, be sure to check it out and by all means get in touch with any questions you've got and we'll be more than happy to answer them and maybe even have a little chat with you over the phone um but yeah guys have an awesome day evening weekend whenever it is you're listening to this and we will see you over in episode number 25 bye bye bye